You are listening to Empower Me with Aerie. Welcome to Empower Me with Aerie broadcast. I am honored that you all decided to tune in with me. I am Erica Holmes. I go by Queen Aerie because there is royalty on the inside of each and every one of us. As a Bible a royal priesthood. We are a chosen generation. Once we know our identity, we then therefore know our authority. I pray that this message that we're going to go over is going to bless your life this day. We are going to be talking about the power of thought, mind health, and understanding that it all starts in the mind. But before we do that, let us pray. Father, we just thank you today for the opportunity to begin to express, Father God, your revelation to your people. I pray that the hearts of the people are receptive, that they are ready and tuned in to hear what it is that you are saying. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that miracles happen, that lives are changed from this broadcast. Use me mightily for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. So today, again, we're talking about it starts in the mind. And this is such a prime time to talk about thoughts, to talk about mind, to talk about mental health, especially with everything that we see today. And my question to you is, what are you creating? Let's talk about that. Let's think about that and talk about that for a moment. Do you really know how powerful, do you really, really know how powerful your thoughts are? Do you know that your thoughts carry a creative power? I want to go to the the creation story. We're going to go to Genesis chapter one today because I want to bring something out to you. The revelation that God gave me that I know is going to change your life. It is going to change your perspective. It is going to help your belief system. It is really going to help you keep the right mindset. And so if we go to the book of Genesis chapter one, verses one through five, I'm going to read. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without void. The earth was without form and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light and it was good. God divided the light from the darkness and he called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. I want to bring this out to you that thoughts create and words help manifest. I want to submit to you today that thought was the first language. Listen, God thought the world into existence before one word came out of his mouth. If we go back to in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That verse came before. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. You have to understand that it was first done spiritually. Then it was manifested naturally with word. 
Thinking taps into our spirit, into the spiritual realm and speaking taps into the natural realm where vibrations are sent out into the atmosphere and what is needed begins to come forth. Our words create matter to be made. They cause things to shift. They cause things to come together and to manifest. The scripture even mentions that the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And it says the heavens and the earth were created by God. This is an indication that something else else took place before the words came out of God's mouth. I want to pose this question to you. Before you come up with an idea, let's think about this. Before we come up with an idea, before you speak about it, before you implement it, what comes first? Thought. Thoughts come first. Even before you presently speak, majority of the time we are thinking of something, then we say what is on our mind. Since I said that uh, thoughts were the first language, I want to give one of dictionary.com's definition of language. It says any system of formalized symbols, signs, sounds, gestures, or like used or conceived as means of communicating thoughts, emotion, etc. Have you ever realized that your thoughts were communicating? Have you ever have you ever thought about thought about this? When you had a bad thought, what did it do? It made you feel bad. When you had a good thought, what did it do? It made you feel good. Again, this is a strong indication that there is communication or movement happening as we think. Our thoughts affect how we feel. There's so much proof of this within the Bible. And in Proverbs 23 and 7, it says, for, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. This right here is strong proof that our thoughts and how we feel or what's in our heart, there is a strong connection. This is indication that our emotions are connected to our thoughts, how we feel are connected to our thoughts, because it's all comprised of our soul, which is our mind, in emotion. What we think eventually transfers to our heart. This is extremely important why it's not only careful to watch what we speak, but more so watch what we think. Because what we speak is a direct reflection of what we have been thinking. Another proof of this in the Bible, Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says, a good man Out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen, your mouth is saying what is in your heart. You have to understand again that our words have legs and it goes forth to produce what you are saying. If you don't like what you're saying, you have to. And if you don't like what's in your heart, you have to do a thought check. Your thoughts are directly connected to your belief system, which is your paradigm. I want to ask you again, what are you believing? This is so, so, so powerful because our belief systems can be shifted or skewed due to our past experiences. And we have to learn what the Bible says in Romans 12 and 2. It talks about... 
and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, when certain situations um, happen in life, like I was saying, it could cause our belief systems, our thought patterns to be shifted. And when our minds and when our thoughts are out of whack, we have to learn how to renew them by measuring it back with the word of God. This is exactly what Romans 12 and 2 says. It literally says that we have to renew our mind, then we'll be able to prove what is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. But that only happens as we literally come back into the perfect will of God, which is his word. And so um, for myself, I know that I, I, I'm speaking from example. And I will tell you, um, you know, my testimony, part of my testimony was being sexually abused at the age of four, five years old, about four or five years old. And it really affected me to my core. And the thought or the belief system, you know, this is powerful. The thought or the belief system that I had was that I had to protect myself even at that young age or nobody else would because of what happened to me. My perspective or my belief system about God had been all messed up because I could not understand how this could happen to a little kid that had nothing to do with anything. But I want to even stop here and encourage you out there today. You may have been molested as well. You may have gone through a divorce. You may have been physically abused. You may have been verbally abused, but understand that God did not do that to you. Understand that you can have a sound mind even after trauma has entered into your life. And so I began to be very confrontational being due to the uh, sexual abuse. And I was afraid and I was angry. I was not only angry at myself, but I was angry at God. And I was angry at the people who had did what they did to me. I became closed off, had walls up. I didn't want to allow anyone else in because of the abuse that I had endured. This is so important to go through your soul healing, you guys. It's so important. And it literally took me over 20 years to begin to allow God to break that negative belief system off of me. It, it was a process, but God, he didn't force me to do it. He did it literally when I was ready. He had to reiterate to me that I have use of you. I need to use you. So will you allow me to heal you or to restore you back to proper place? My God. And so I had to deal with it. And then love came in as I literally began to be open to God his love came in and swept me and in my heart became a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone. This is so, so powerful. You guys, we ha we cannot give up on God. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I wanted to give up because I was hurt. I didn't understand it. There was confusion in my mind, but we cannot give up on God. Love is what came in and love removed the lies that the enemy had put within my belief system and things that I had even created at such a young age at the age of four and five. And then God had to literally take me through a process of to learn how to think right again, to learn how to think correctly again. I will be transparent. It took me years to be able to even go one day 
thinking positive thoughts for one full day. I, it, it, was, it, was an, it was an attack that the enemy had sent on my mind. I, I couldn't comprehend why something good would happen to me all throughout the day. So I would make up things within my mind as to what was going to happen, this bad thing. And I was literally causing more fear to come up on the inside of me. But I'm so glad. But God, he came in and his love transformed my life. God's love can transform your life, too. Don't give up on God. Let him heal you. Let him heal you because he is the God that restores, that delivers and that heals. Let God give you a deeper revelation of who he is. He is love. And so the um, the enemy's plan, what we have to understand is that the enemy's plan from the beginning was to attack the mind. That was his initial plan from the beginning because he understood that if he could attack your mind, then he could attack pretty much anything else within your life because there is a direct correlation or connection to thoughts, as we've talked about, to your heart, as to what you're speaking, to what you're believing, to what you are doing. It literally affects everything. We've heard it often, but truly the battlefield starts in your mind. And, and so I, I want you all to understand the importance of renewing the mind. I want to go back to um, Genesis and I want to talk about Adam and Eve. I want you all to check this out. This is very, very powerful. This time we're going to go to Genesis chapter two. We're going to start at 15. I'm going to kind of um, jump around a little bit. But we're going to make this happen. And so starting at verse 15, it says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And then verse 18, it talks about and the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave um, the names to the cattle, the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not a helper comparable to him. Verse 21, and, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. He slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into woman. He brought her unto man. And so I want to skip down a little bit until I want to go to chapter three in Genesis. I want to start at verse one. So this is after Eve had been created. Adam and Eve were there. They were good. They were have, you know, the right mindset. They were being obedient to God. And then chapter three. Chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any other beast which was in the field of what the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? See, that right there is the first red flag. The enemy always comes to bring confusion. He always comes to try to, to, to make you second guess God. He wants to come to literally cause you to not have the mind that God wants you to have. Verse two says, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the tree of the fruit, but 
from the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden. God said, ye shall not eat of it, nor touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent in verse four, it says, said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows in that day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And then it talks about the woman went ahead. She saw that it was good. It was pleasant to her eyes. The tree was desirable. One, it was, the tree was desirable. One that makes one wise. You guys have to catch a hold of this passage. There's so much meat within this passage. It shows the constant plan of the enemy to attack the mind. Verse within verse six, it says she saw it. She saw it desirable. Hmm. It can make me wise. So she took the fruit and she ate it. She gave it to her husband. And then it says their eyes were open. Both of their eyes were open at that moment. They knew they were met naked. So they sold the fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Then verse eight talks about then the Lord God. Um, then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, the cool of the day. And he and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. Understand that they had never hid themselves from the presence of God before. They never did that. They never, they never had to at that point. Then God said, where are you? And then they replied and said, I heard your voice and I was afraid because I was naked. God then asked, who told you that? And then they began to tell what the serpent done had did. And so the enemy immediately came to the woman posing questions that provoked a thought in a way that she never even had to experience before. She she always just listened to what God had told them to do, her and Adam, because they knew that God had the best for their lives. They didn't need to go outside of him to get anything else. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. This is a reminder of the, the back and forth thoughts that you may have. Well, he said this. No, he didn't say that. That is surely from the enemy and you have to learn how to cast that down and then he began to tell the woman you know the benefits of being disobedient which there are no benefits of being disobedient but he put it in a package that she could not resist and then it says that the eyes were open I want to let you know that the eyes, that there's a correlation with the eyes being the mind, that the mind was open as soon as she ate the fruit. The key is the serpent told Eve that she would be like God, knowing good and evil in order to know something that goes to the that's connected to the thought. We were not created to think outside of the will of God initially, period. We were created literally to commune with God, with our thoughts, with the way that we spoke and to be OK with that. Our thoughts were literally created to be a form of intimacy. And, and, and I know the Bible talks about um, and God knew and that's being intimate. And I want to submit to you that that also means that the thought when when initially God had Adam in the garden, he knew them by their intimate thought and the enemy opened up Adam and Eve to mind battles, which was confusion, which they never knew about that at all. And so when um, within the scripture, when it talks about that, God, you know, walking and they hid themselves and God said, where are you? And then they said they knew they were naked. And so they uh, they were afraid. I want to let you guys know that 
fear was not introduced to Adam and Eve until the thoughts of good and evil had been opened to their mind, had been opened to their eyes. And then I want to also let you know that when the enemy came in to attack their minds, he caused a duality to exist a double-mindedness, and we know what the Bible says about double-mindedness. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. We have to understand that God is trying to give us his revelation so that we can be healed, we can be restored, again, back to the proper place of where we were supposed to always be. We know that in Romans 8 and 6, it also talks about for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is peace and life, which is God's way of doing things, being led by his Holy Spirit and being led by God's thought. This right here is why it's so important to follow what 2 Corinthians 10, 6 says. It talks about us having to cast down imaginations and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. We have to literally learn to bring every thought into the captivity to make it obedient to Christ. There is a reason why God reiterates this throughout the Bible because if our minds are all screwed up, if our minds, we can't think clear, we really cannot, you know, do what God wants us to do completely. The fight is ultimately in the mind. It starts with thought, you all. It starts with thought. And God is here today to say, I want you healed. I want you delivered. I want you to have everything that I've created for you to have. But can you think clear? Can you have the mind of Christ? Can we be real right now? Can we literally be naked per se before God and say, listen, I'm, I may not have it all together. Be real with the thoughts that have been racing. Be filled with, be real with the double minded that has been trying to cause you to be confused. That literally wants to come to bring destruction to your relationships. It wants to come to bring destruction to your finances. It wants to come to bring destruction to your life, but God is saying not so. He brought me here to let you know that your mind can be renewed. God is the God of mind renewal. And even in the Bible, again, it talks about the eye is the light of the body. If your eye is good, your whole body is good. And it talks about and, and within that, talking about that, I want to put the mind is the light of the body. If the mind is good, the whole body is full of light. Listen, God is for us. He's for us. He wants us today to say, I'm going to start again. I'm going to make sure that I'm checking and tracking my thoughts because I understand that you want good for me. I understand when I think a thing that literally creation is starting to happen. And when I think it is going in my heart and from my heart, it is being spoken out of my mouth. And this is unfortunately why some people begin to see things they don't want within their lives. They begin to experience, you know, situations. And, and have you ever heard a person say, well, this always happens to me or that always happens to them. It is because of thought. 
the thoughts that are embedded, their belief system that is embedded within their mind. God is saying, will you allow me to heal your mind? It is all within the soul. And if we think about it, David talked about this. He said, for ye, for uh, restore my soul. He was praying. He was thanking God. He wanted God to restore his soul because he understood that is where the biggest battle lied. That is where the big biggest battle lies. And so ways that we can pause, ways that we can um, have remind Newell, of course, is we can um, know and understand that we can create positive thoughts. I want to repeat that. It may sound simple, but we can create positive thoughts, you guys. We can. This is a real thing. Like I said, I dealt with not being able to think for one day with thoughts for, for one whole day. It was a battle, but God allowed me to have a different belief system. You can have positive thoughts. Remember, keep this in mind that God's plan for your life is good. As talked about in Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says, for I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. They're thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Again, even with this scripture, what does it say? Say it says, for I know the thoughts. I know the thoughts that I have for you. God's thoughts for you are good. He wants us to have the, the mind of Christ. He wants us to literally understand that he is for us and not against us. And this literally goes back to say, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you've experienced, all things are going to work together for the good. Don't give up on God. Change your thoughts. Change your mind. And then Philippians Four and eight, it talks about finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. It says whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there is any virtue in it, if there's anything that's praiseworthy in it, meditate on these things. Our mind is a sacred place with God. We have to learn how to cover it. We truly have to learn how to cover our minds because truly it is an intimate place with God. It is a safe place with God. And like I said, it, it is a strategic, a strategic attack from the enemy to come first and foremost to the mind. And so we have to begin to cover what God has given us. We have to begin to unlearn what's not right, begin to allow God to erase those negative paradigms and belief systems and grab a hold of what God is saying for us now. Jeremiah 1 5 says, before I formed you, I knew you again. I'm going to stop with that. Just reading the, the, the beginning of that before I formed you, I knew you. God knew you. So no matter what you've gone through in life, he knew you. He'd seen you from the end to the beginning. And guess what? You can do this. You can have the mind that God wants you to have to be successful. I pray that this, that this episode, that this show has really impacted your life for the better. Understand that God is he's for you. He's literally pro-life. He's for a good, healthy mindset. But the question is, 
What are you thinking? Are you going to think clear? Are you going to think right? Do it today because God has need of you. I want to uh, use this time right now for anyone that don't know Christ. I want you, if you're ready to enter into the family of God, repeat after me and you can enter into the family of God. Father in heaven, I thank you for loving me so much that you sent your only begotten son to die for me. I ask you now to forgive me of my sins, to come into my heart and make it new. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and that you raised him from the dead. I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and personal savior. I'm ready to live for you. I ask for your Holy Spirit. Come in and lead me into all truth in Jesus name. The preceding program was brought to you by the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network, HSBN. Empower me with airy.